Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Look deep into nature and then you will understand everything better. And that's a quote from Albert Einstein. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to have my guest, Bodie Smith, today. And when I share about him in a minute, you'll understand why. I want to just say hello and thanks again for um, tuning in to The Profitable Photographer. And also to remind you that I love to help you. So if there's anything you want to chat about, if you want to send me an email or message me on Facebook or set up a quick 20-minute chat, I'm here for you. So that's, that's my story. So, okay, Bodie Smith is an award-winning fine art landscape photographer, a digital photography instructor, and an international tour guide. Until 2011, Bodie was an avid and successful backcountry skier split border with weekly adventures in the North American Alpine wilderness. Since then, he has taken that professional skill, passion, and knowledge of the weather and his obsession with natural beauty and has translated into an impressive body of photographic work that is purchased and enjoyed by thousands on a daily basis. His specialty currently is night photography and ultra long exposures that can seem surreal and dreamlike. So what I wanna say about Bodhi is that his work is to me breathtaking and he's one of the most incredible nature photographers, if you can define it as in that small box because it's so much more than that that I've ever seen and that I think is alive today. That's my feeling. So Bodhi, I'm just thrilled that you said yes to being on my show. Hello. Hey, I'm very honored. And he's also humble. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm always, you know, honored. I don't, I, you know, everything that you said, I, I don't know, I, I see myself differently. You know, I think we always see ourselves differently. So how do you, you know, see yourself? I'm just a long-haired kook. I like to go out and take pictures and enjoy nature, you know, and um, I, I really, I, I love the fact I'm lucky enough to capture things that people love. I can share like, you know, my, you know, my memories, my emotions and, mm -hmm. and whatnot with other people. You know, it's a, it's a blessing. It's a nice, it's a nice artistic thing to be able to do. And um, I don't see myself other than just an adventure. I go out and enjoy it. You know, I love the quote you did by Einstein because it's very true. Every time I'm behind the camera, uh, I'm home <laughs> is a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. so. so so when someone has your art in their home, have you thought about like why they love it or how it impacts them or something something about that? Like why you love knowing that people, have your work in their home because I'm sure you do love that. Well, it's again, it's, you know, financially it's, it's nice, you know, but that's not the reason I, I, I love the fact that, you know, somebody's taking one of my memories, one of my beautiful experiences and hanging it in their life and their world, 
you know, and, and they're waking up to it or, or hanging over their fireplace, which, you know, like the, the coup d'etat of, of all spots in the house, yeah. you, know, <laughs> have, you know, the fireplace, yeah. but, you know, it, it's like, um, it, it, it's shared, you know, and, and they've taken my world and put it in their world. And there's nothing like that as an artist, mm-hmm. you know, financially it's nice. Yes, too, you know, but that's not how I'm motivated and driven. You know, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. It's like, you know, I can drink a milkshake without whipped cream on it. It's nice to have it on it, but if it's not on it. I don't care. You know, my right. reasons, you know, the whipped cream would be the money. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I really, it, again, I, I use the word I'm honored, you know, and I, sometimes I maybe overuse that word when, you know, I go into, I go into people's houses, you know, a lot of times I hang images for people, you know, they buy them from me and I'll go in and instead of having one of my assistants go in or somebody else, I'll go in and hang it for them, you know, and they like having the artist in there, you know, and, it, you know, I'm welcome in their home and it, I don't know, it just, it adds something. And, um, and then having my picture in their home is, I don't know, it's, it's very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It's maybe not as fulfilling as actually being out in nature. I don't know. I, I love that part. I kind of don't like the business part much. You know, <laughs> yeah. It comes with it. But I, I love that, you know, the, the connection with the people. Mm-hmm. And, and when you hang in somebody's house, you're in there for, you know, hopefully for the rest of their life. You know, my prints will last forever. You know, so the, the metal prints I do. So it's kind of mm-hmm. flattering. Yes. I, you don't know this, Bodie, but I do um, portraits of kids and families I didn't and, know that yes okay and my main goal is for them to have that over the fireplace living room decorate their whole house with portraits of their family that happens to be my art so um there's a similar feeling yeah, it's taken in only the way you can take it you know right. it's your it's your it's your work it's your style and you know, it, it might be similar to somebody else, but it's not, it's unique. It's your own. And that's a, that's a, that's a great feeling to have. Yeah. And I think with any art and I'm referencing, not the family portraits, but well, those are because, very much yes, so. Yes. But the, this, um, this statement is about things that would be considered fine art as opposed to personal fine art is things take on different meanings at different moments and for different people. I have an image that um, has been my most recognized nature photograph. And it's a crystal clear lake in the morning with a little mist. And I threw a rock to make a ripple just because graphically it needed a big ripple there. I didn't know till years later that fishermen see that as there's fish in there. They can so, relate to it. <laughs> they totally relate to it. And that's yeah. that would be a connection that they have to that, you know. Yes. And, and that's that's honestly connected to that's the biggest reason why people buy a picture is because they can, you know, they relate to it in some way, you know. Like maybe like with me, I do landscape. Maybe it was a place that they got married, you know, mm-hmm. or, or or maybe it was, you know, that place where, you know, the funniest moment they ever had with their child was, or maybe it was, you know, the last place they were with their, their dad. Mm-hmm. you know um minor you know landscape areas and you know some of them you know they draw in a, a strong impression that way or maybe it, it wasn't a place they were but it totally reminds them of that moment or whatever that was mm-hmm. and um that's that's a big connection you know that people have to relate to it otherwise they're not gonna buy it right the your star photography always brings me back to laying in the grass at mm-hmm. night in the san joaquin valley that's where i lived 
as a kid till I was almost 10, but before the LA smog, <laughs> uh, San Joaquin, near Visalia, Fresno, back then there used to be clear skies. That's still there every now and then the wind blows, right? Yeah. <laughs> and those moments as a kid of laying in the grass and just feeling how small I am, how big everything is, imagining traveling to stars and planets and all of that was uh, huge to me as a child. I still, of course, love that when I am somewhere where there are uh, lots of stars, but your work it does bring me back to that. I just really appreciate. I actually, um, every time I take the stars, what you describe is kind of the feeling I get. I love that feeling. It's addicting mm -hmm. to me. You mm -hmm. know, it's, you know, some people to get that feeling, they, you know, maybe they have their family or, you know, you know, I have a family, but, you know, maybe they have, you know, maybe it's their children or um, something, you know, or, or maybe, I don't know, bad, negative, maybe they're drug addict and they stab their arm for it. <laughs> you know, but like whatever it is, I get that feeling from just I love that. That's my addiction. I love being out under the stars. I don't care if anybody ever buys a picture of it, it doesn't matter because I'm gonna keep going back and having that experience. Right. And that started, like you said, as a kid for me. Grew up in Oceanside. And um, we lived right across the street from a golf course in Fire Mountain down in Oceanside. And I used to sneak out of the house and go across onto the 18th green was right across from our house mm -hmm. um and the clubhouse was kind of close to that. I'd just go lay on the green on my back and just lay there you know and mm -hmm. I hope obviously the sprinklers wouldn't zap me and <laughs> yeah. I, I like that I used to actually you know take dates you know and stuff later on in life you know and stuff mm -hmm. you know to golf courses and land your back and you know look up at the stars I love that yes and my pictures remind me of that but the experience you know I, I know what I'm going to take a picture of I have it vision in my head but mm -hmm. It's not even close to the experience I get, you know, I try the best I can, you know, but you know, that, that impression that I take with my camera is nowhere close to how good it is to be there in person. Right, right. It, um, one of the coolest memories of, of a starry night for me, I was in Maui and it happened to be it's beautiful there. The stars oh, yeah. are yes. wonderful. And it happened to be August 11th. And it, that's a meteor shower. Is it that, do you know? Oh, Perseid. I think the, it's the Perseid. Perseids, yes. And the water was calm where I was and the tide was out. So there was a lot of reflection. And my little niece and I sat on the sand at midnight one and watched First of all, the stars were outrageous. And then the meteor shower was amazing. And we could see the meteor shower reflected in the sand. And uh, for her, like she'd never had an experience like that. She lives in Ventura and they just don't get, you know, that many stars very often. So yeah, that was pretty special. Yeah, you gotta be around the fog and the clouds there. There's some beautiful ones on the north end of Ventura between like Ventura and uh, Carpinteria. Um, I've had some beautiful starry nights out there. Really? Yeah, well, there's a bunch of dark, dark sky areas right in there. Oh, you know, good to know. Cause when I go visit, maybe I'll figure yeah. that out. You, so, you know, the cobble beach, the big cobble beach, you can just kind of, um, it, it's just north of the fairgrounds right there. Um, you walk okay. past where the river feeds in. Okay. You know, there's the road that comes down from Ohio uh -huh. and like, uh -huh. you just keep walking and uh, you're on the, and it's a big surfer break too. And uh -huh. it's, absolutely stunning out there 
Thank you for that. I'm going to file that away. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I, I know. I have so many you different know all star places. places that, I well, know. I found different ones that people don't believe you can even see the stars. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, you know, if you're looking into a dark sky, you know, you could have lights behind you. You know, like um, I took pictures of stars over Mount San Jacinto looking to the southwest because of the southwest, you know, it's it's the desert, you know, it's the, you know, salt and sea and everything. Mm. When you're on the north side looking across the top of the mountain, you got some beautiful shots of the stars over top of that, you know, where normally you would think, you know, Palm Springs would ruin it with the lights, you know, so would L.A., you know, and Hemet. But you're those are all on your sides, you know, they're on the other, you know, you're looking in a 90 degree direction and there's no no light pollution, no nothing in it's. It's, it's wonderful. Anyway, I, I love I love stuff like that. I, yeah. Like, so for people that Hawaii don't is a beautiful place. What yeah. you described with um, a meteor shower when you have reflective surfaces like that, um, because your meteors go off all around you. And when you have reflective surfaces, you can catch some of the things you wouldn't normally be able to see that would be behind you or maybe just off of your periphery. Mm. And, and it creates a whole nother experience if you have, you know, an area that has reflection going on. And that's I'm jealous. That's cool. I've, I've done it once. You know, that's that's a fun that's a fun thing to experience. Yes, it was. I I knew that August 11th was meteor time. I, I was uh, one time at uh, Pebble Beach area on August 11th on the beach with the meteors. So I knew that was a date, but I hadn't connected the dots when I was there. So anywho, um, <laughs> so mm -hmm. you mentioned that you what's the word you use pre-visualize yeah plan yeah. your locations and kind of pre-visualize your images some can you talk about that I, I know what picture i'm going to take before i take it and if i don't see what i see in my head on the back of my camera nobody's ever going to see it it'll never be released and you know i release one picture a week and like this week i just released one today i do every friday and i um, the picture that I did was a vision that I had and it matched. So it mm. goes out there, you know, and I just took it last or two weeks ago out in the middle of Arizona. Um, it's a cool little labyrinth um, or labyrinth. Sorry, I said it wrong. Labyrinth. <laughs> I like labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> labyrinth. Labyrinth. Um, with this, the Milky Way arch over it, you know, mm. and, um, and, and I'm doing a lot of Milky Way arches right now because it's the perfect time of the year for that. You can't do that later in the year. You're not able to get the arches later in the year because the Milky Way moves more in a vertical direction you aren't able to get those but um so now is kind of the time you know for that mm -hmm. and um, so i'm taking advantage of it and people might be getting a steady dose of that in my my feeds but i don't i don't really care i enjoy it. it's what i do you know and it's like i love it so so how do you pre-visualize it do you visit it in the daytime so you know what's there how do you do that? um yes no um sometimes <laughs> yes um, no, sometimes, sometimes I just have an idea in my head and I find it. Mm. Um, I have a really good memory and I have like all kinds of things stored away. And sometimes I drive around and if they connect to one of those things in my mind, I'm like, oh, wait, mm. and, you know, I'll stop, scout it out, see if it's, you know, maybe possible. And then, then I'll hang out and try to finish it. You know, if, if that's the case, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's, you know, um, I get that that pre-visualization from doing my scouting, you know? So I'm not really taking pictures, I'm just wandering around. I think a lot of people don't understand that about the really good landscape photographers aren't successful every time they go out with their camera. Mm -hmm. You know, they do a lot of pre-work, you know, and finding places. And I'm currently obsessed with finding places that nobody else has been. I, I've been trying to do pictures that are 
things that people a have never seen before and b can't copy you know there's such a world of copiers out there and I'm, i've been trying to just you know and that's a negative thing i try to stay away from that but you know still I, I try to you know do images that it's gonna be really hard for anybody ever to find my spots or mm -hmm. you know copy them and and then but on the front end of it they're unique nobody's seen them before you know or right. nobody's done it before right you know right. or maybe it's a you know um a weather condition that hasn't happened in 20 years this isn't going to happen for another 20 mm -hmm. you know, at a certain place and i i like that you know and, and i those weather conditions and stuff i picture that in my head from location like this would look cool if it had this and i envision it you know like you know like uh famous point called breeze point up on mammoth mountain um it's hot creek and it's a it's a creek that you know has steam coming off it and the mountains are behind it and it flows up towards the mountains beautiful perfect you know leading line of this, the river going up to it it's been shot millions of times now um with the stars without the stars and so forth but never with snow i mean like mm. buried snow because it's like down lower it's you know the elevations you know well lower i said six thousand feet but it doesn't get you know like three four five feet of snow like you would you know at the higher elevations so i've been waiting for that for seven years ish mm. Yeah, and finally got that back in January, January 31st, me and a friend went snowshoed all the way into the site because everything was just buried in snow, took us a couple hours to snowshoe in. It was minus 18 degrees, which is the reason why the snow was down there that low and that wow. deep. Oh, it was so great. You know, but again, I, I, nobody's gonna be able to get that shot again because that snowstorm's not going to hit for another, you know, whoever knows, however long. So in my next lifetime, I want to be as sort of strong physically as you <laughs> to you be able to go do to all those things no i'm i, I don't have to be right now you can you know you can just there, there's something you can do i know i'm just saying i just love the thought of that i love the thought of that and there's just a lot of things that uh you know like backpacking for two weeks in the wilderness would be awesome i've just never been like it's hard for me to sleep on uncomfortable beds and things like that. So right. next time around, if there's such a thing, I'm, I'm going to be like one of those people that can sleep everywhere and live on peanut butter sandwiches for weeks. And <laughs> I can give you a recommendation. One of the places, one of the ways I, I get to a lot of remote locations is by having a good four by four vehicle. Mm. And I've taken it places that maybe vehicles shouldn't go. Uh huh. And um, I have a futon in the back and it's sometimes I think it's more comfortable than any, any hotel bed I've been in. Sure. Yeah, Definitely when you wake up in the morning, you have a better view. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, it becomes my horse or it, it becomes my legs uh. and it puts me in places that, you know, would be maybe more physically demanding, but then I have a nice place to sleep, you know, and mm -hmm. I can take food, my cooler, you know, and, and it's not a bad, not a bad thing. Just something if you ever, you know, and, and there's people and I do that for my clients too. Um, you know, I'm a guide. So I take them in the in that four by four to places like that so that they can oh. reach those places and, and whatnot so they can experience what i do Try i don't to. have to wait till next lifetime <laughs> no i mean there's there's always there's always solutions oh, know. you know around that yeah um, i used to have a, a westphalia volkswagen camper van right. oh my gosh it was the greatest thing ever because it could just, just needs four-wheel drive <laughs> it just needed four-wheel drive yeah well i stayed on the road but it was just when you said you know waking up to the view Oh, the, yeah. bed, the bed was comfortable. I can fire up a gourmet meal in 20 minutes in that little stove. And yeah, but it, it, uh, yeah, that's, it's kind of like I said, it's sort of, um, kind of what, it, you know, the movie Nomadland, 
Um, I loved that movie so much. I relate to that deeply because um, a lot of the things I do is, you know, the landscape by the videography and that cinematography that is oh. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Josh, I forget his first name's Joshua, but um, the, the cinematographer is just, man, that was good. Yeah. Was beautifully edited, you know, absolutely wonderfully acted. But what got me was the lifestyle. That's kind of what I do every summer. I become mm. a, a nomad and I just drive around the U.S. and go wherever, you know, and I sleep in my vehicle. And I do exactly with that, you know, except, you know, my vehicle is four-wheel drive and it can get me places sometimes that other people can't go. Yeah. And I love that. Me and my dog and nobody else. That's cool. One, <laughs> and, of my, um, one of my friends who was on my show, she's a pet photographer and she has tricked out a van and she and her dog travel two months out of the year photographing people's pets and living out of her van. And then she comes home and she teaches ukulele and mm, edits and delivers the work and just enjoys her life. And then season comes around and she hops in her, in her really cool van. Her name is Arika Dorf. If you ever look her up, she's amazing photographer, but she's got that same lifestyle. So Bodie, you make money at mm. what you're doing and that's a pretty not, rare thing not last year <laughs> well okay last year's you know we're not considering last year as a representative sample hundred and ten thousand dollar loss last year right. yeah um, i've never had a loss before that last year was you know pretty much a wipeout because um no international clients no art shows you know they closed all the museums mm -hmm. you know, all the galleries all the wineries everywhere any of my people don't buy a big piece and they see it in person you know okay and, so the so the places that you sell wineries mm -hmm. <laughs> so i want to go with not not what your loss was but how do you make money at your amazing art let's talk about that can we um you gotta build a name a little bit so people do have to know who you are a little bit you know that. um that's probably the hardest thing um patience um putting yourself out there getting people to know you um doing art shows you know like street fairs whatever it takes you know to get your name out there and get people to see your stuff mm -hmm. um in the earlier days of social media social media worked really good now you know, it's impossible because everything gets lost. It's a lot harder to do on social media. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you, you got to somehow do that. You know, if it, and it could be, you know, you're handing out business cards, you know, to people. And um, even now that's kind of difficult because everybody thinks they're a professional photographer these days and right. people are constantly handing business cards. I get this eye, you know, when I hand somebody a business card, like, oh yeah. And then, you know, I'll get a call from them or an email or something from them, you know, the following day and like, wow, you are real. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, I could tell that they've gotten business cards from people where they're just like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and again, you know, your business card, first off, you start off with that. If you're using that as promotion, that's got to be high quality. You know, I, I don't spare expenses on my business cards. You know, they are, I use raised letters on it. My, my logo is raised letter. I have a trademark logo, you know, the mm -hmm. Bodie Smith logo. And, you know, that's on there and, you know, my best pictures, you know, I mean, it, it's my best work and I want to make sure that when somebody looks at it, they're not going to throw the business card away. You know, if anything, they're going to keep it as a souvenir or, you know, hopefully they'll, you know, go to my website or whatever, or, you know, recognize me later on and go, oh, that's that guy, and, you know, mm -hmm. stop by or something. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's not any one thing. It's a ton of different things you have to do to promote yourself. Right. So what you mainly sell is the, the wall art. Is that your. That. And then um, also the tour got being a, a guide and that was, that was built up by word of mouth by just um, people were getting results. You know, I, I would cut people the chase, you know, like they don't, they don't have to go look. They'd see one of my pictures go, I want, I want that picture. So I take them to that spot. You know, and uh, especially international clients, you know, they're here for only, you know, two weeks or three weeks. And, you know, they, they want to go out to say two weeks, you know, and they don't know how to get there. They don't know where to go. I'll take them right there, put them right within five feet of the best place to take a picture. And, you know, that's worth something to them, you know, and, and they pay for it. Sure. And I also take them a nice, you know, nice four by four. It's a luxury four by four, you know, so they have a nice vehicle, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm first aid trained. I'm trained, you know, in safety, you know, take care of them and everything. But, you know, I also am, am great at planning and avoiding crowds and putting them in places where they wouldn't be able to maybe do that on their own. So that's another big part of the income that was obviously cut out during COVID. That was yeah, it'll come back. And oh, I think huh. we, we can raise our prices on everything because there'll be so much demand for what we did before that uh your tours are going to fill up like crazy that's that's what i think is going to happen um so with your art so you you sell those at art shows and winery events street fairs um i'm actually lorimar winery's photographer um i got in with them a number of years ago and that's probably impossible to do now with people but that that's an edge up you know so people see my work you know from you know around the united states when they visit the winery yeah and i've been faithful to them and i haven't gone into any other wineries okay um, because i feel it'd be disloyal to them you know i'm you know they use my artwork on their wine bottles and Mm you know, whatnot. And I just, um, you know, I, and half of the, half the winery is my artwork and my photography, you know, and I just, so like people see that and I use that for, you know, it gives me a lot of connections, a lot of leads and and a lot of sales. And then used to have my own gallery. Um, that one shut down, um, two years ago, uh, down in, um, man, I can't think of the name of the town, Valley center, um, had a place down there and, and I shut that down. I wanted to, open up a gallery down in Encinitas but obviously that hasn't happened and COVID's just you know pushed that thought way back even further right at current sure, time. Sure and for the listeners Bodhi and I both are in the San Diego Southern California region I mean Temecula is sort of Baja San Diego in a way it's just on the northern border. Temecula is where I hang my hat you yeah know, it also you know where I'm staying currently is um you know, I have pieces hanging in here and I can do a private show, you know, mm-hmm. um, somebody looks at my website. That's what that's about. But um, no, I mean, I, I'm not here very often. You know, I, again, I, I'm more of a San Diegan, born and raised down there, spend more of my times, you know, down that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and I teach high school in Fallbrook, which is in northern San Diego County. Nice. So um, hopefully my doggies in the background are making too much. <laughs> I can hear it, but it kind of adds a little, a little they're, spice, they're, little spice. They're wrestling. Um, the female has the male pinned. She's like Sumu flattening him. <laughs> and he's not liking it. Is that called wrestling? Um, yeah, they're definitely wrestling. That's what I mean. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a wrestling move. And okay. She's got him by about 20 pounds. Um, uh, she's about 80 pounds and he's 60. And uh, he's, a, he's a, the one, if you ever seen my photos of my dog and if you ever follow my social media, he ends up in them a lot. But um, he's a Australian Shepherd. 
Oh. The other dog is um, one of my roommates, and it's a golden retriever. Nice. And, and the golden retriever is a little bit bigger. <laughs> so, so you're on display at the winery. Are you also in any galleries? Used to be, but currently not. So, um, yet yeah, I'm worried about you know how that's going to end up coming out. You know, in the end, I'm going to find something and do something. Um, okay. I'm in a couple of restaurants uh, here in Temecula locally, um, but really, you know, I, I was down in the Natural History Museum for a while, you know, up on the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that all shut down, you know, two years ago. There's hardships in photography right now, um, just with there's less maybe opportunities and there's more photographers out there. So it's closing down a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I'm going to have to um, either, you know, it, it, originally it was planned starting my, you know, getting my own gallery down by the beach. Again, I, I got to wait for the economy and see what happens before I do right. something like that. Right. right. And again, you know, we got to get back everything on the, you know, everything's got to get back on its feet. You know, people right. aren't buying artwork now because, well, you know, it's, uh, it's unstable. And, you know, there's a lot of your average people are worried about things. They're not going to spend $3,000 on a picture to hang in their wall. And, yes. you know, that $3,000 is, is a down payment for something else they need, you know. Well, here's what I believe, Bodie, is especially being a female and it seems like we like to shop and spend money and there hasn't been much to spend it on that I might normally like travel and um, even you know cute clothes because I'm not going out in the world so people just see what I wear on the top (laughs) and so I think when people are able to get out and about and you can do those shows and whatever else so. they've I'm, got I'm setting, up, I'm setting up for them you know I'm, I'm building up for it we have money to burn in our bank accounts people have more savings than they've had in years that's what i read in the in the paper is that actually people people have have more expendable cash because there just aren't those places where we've been you know leaking out our i guess you'd call it play money right. so i think i think people who stay the course not give up keep the positive attitude because when when you're like oh there's no money around then you know my favorite book is uh is called illusions tales of the reluctant messiah by richard bach have you read that book bodie i've read his jonathan livingston seagull jonathan livingston seagull yeah, okay and, and right. one of his other ones, um, I'm, I'm, I've written, written, uh, read so many novels. So, so yeah, Box, this is Box a, an interesting character. He's a good author. Yeah. So this is a little parable about a pilot that meets a Messiah and the Messiah is tired of the job and is teaching him how to be one. And he says, argue for your limitations and they become yours. I think people that stay the course, keep that positive attitude 80% of the time, you know, it's, it's not easy to kind of pivot <laughs> rapidly 100% of the time are going to come out of this actually in a better place. People that are using our creative ideas to do things in new ways. So, um, yeah. I, I hope. I mean, you know, um, like I said, I'm lining up for, uh, well, the, the, the next show I'm in is uh, the Fallbrook Artist Guild show. I'm a member oh, good. of the Fallbrook Artist Guild, mm-hmm. and that's coming up um, June and July. And I'll be mm-hmm. hanging in the um, the Farbrook. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the. I think it's just the Farbrook Art Gallery. Mm, okay. 
So do you do any stock? Do you have anything in iStock or any other place that people that would like to? Oh, stock photos. Stock photography had a no. whole different. Uh, I do, way. but there's not much anything coming in from it um, because mm -hmm. of there's just too many people out there and too many too many things are being thrown in and the prices have come down so much because a lot of people will, um, especially with photos, give up their photo. And it, wrongly, I think people shouldn't do that. You know, the, the business will say, well, we'll, we'll give you photo credit, you know, or something. Yeah. Who cares? And they're just, they're robbing the artist. <laughs> Nothing's going to come out of the photo credit, but they think, oh, yeah. it's going to be great. You know, I'll get my, I'll, my picture will be at a magazine mm -hmm. It'll be for an ad. Yeah. And, and you're taking away from all the other photographers and maybe even yourself by giving it away free. Yeah. No, none of us can compete with something that's free. Yeah, and, you know, no. that's a problem with all these workshops. I used to offer workshops and I can't compete with all the free workshops everybody's giving, you know, all these online things, you know, they're trying to draw clients and people to recognize them, but they're giving away something free mm -hmm. and it's, it's hurting others, you know, because, you know, they're, they're giving away something free that I would charge $400 for, you know, now I can't, you know, do that because, you know, it, they got to see the webinar for free or whatever. And, or they expect me to do that or, you know, yeah, well. So that's 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 been an issue in that way yeah but, yeah but yeah going back to what you're saying about um you know i i'm very hopeful on getting my stuff back out there mm -hmm. and, and starting up but the the art shows have to start back up you know like i'm already enrolled in the la jolla art and wine festival on okay. august um yeah. 10th there's another san diego festival on the september 11th and 12th i've applied for um the um sausalito art festival which is very prestigious probably the most prestigious festival in all of california mm, um, nice i was in it three years ago and um haven't been since and i find out tomorrow about that one you know whether they're gonna you know invite me or not they may or may not i don't know so so the moral of that story is you're very busy at doing what it takes to find you know let's set COVID aside you are actively engaged in exhibiting your work in ways that then people buy your work that yeah and i'm chomping at the bit to show people my work because yeah. I haven't been able to. you're not sitting at home wishing and hoping you'd be discovered you know what's yeah. odd though is last year all right no sales basically you know i i don't know i had like 40 40 000 sales you know it was an awful year you know mm -hmm. um and um it was probably my most creative photographic year ever mm -hmm. you know where like my pictures came out better than they have in other years mm -hmm. and you know it could be too because I didn't have to focus on the business any you mm -hmm. know all I had to do was just go take pictures and I'd like to continue to tap into that you know and and yeah. if that's the case you know be more at ease and not worry about it being a business so much and just um you know and I don't worry that sounds wrong by me saying that. I don't worry about it especially when right but the but the I'm focus so I've found in my coaching, because um, there's a million ways that I take uh, workshops and have programs I've been involved with that are like, have a sales funnel, do a five-day challenge, do this, do that, do this, do that. And I do some of it and I feel like, oh, I could be doing more. But honestly, when I focus on service and kind of sit in a quiet positive place and then what i've learned is that i love podcasting and that reaches like right now 73 countries i've had people listen uh as a 
without that little bit of the shoulds around it, like this is what feels good to do. And I think with anything that we want to accomplish, moving in the direction that feels good is where our success lies. And I will not be surprised, Bodhi, if let's say we check in two years from now and you say, holy cow, you know, that COVID year was actually a blessing because my work was um, even more desired and I had that quietness in my head and I got more ideas about places to do my sales that wouldn't have come to me when I was in my normal routine of photographing and shows and so forth. So that's what I believe. I think too, like I said, one of the things that 2020 pushed me into was finding places that haven't been photographed. And um, I am diagnosed with OCD. So I, I do have obsessive compulsive disorder, which helps me be a you know a good teacher and a good photographer in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Bad uh, in relationships and other stuff. <laughs> Not so good with people, better with the camera. But um, no, I, I'm obsessed with that. And that I think is going to be a big, you know, discovering that I might not have had COVID not have been around, you know, where I've just been, you know, going my own route and finding my own things, Yeah. you know, and um, creating everything, you know, 2020, all my images were unique. And I love that, you know, yeah. um, you can look at my pictures and say, I've never seen that spot, mm-hmm. you know, and um, of course, you know, I, on social media, you always get that, you know, people, <laughs> the one person, sometimes it's the first person that makes a comment on your work. And they're like, where is that? Not, hey, I love your picture. That's really right. nice. It's just like yeah. they blurt out, where is that? You know, oh, come on. Yeah, really? that's the first thing that comes to mind when you see something is just wondering where on the planet that might be. And it, and not that I'm going to get in a helicopter and go there or snowshoe in, but well, uh, it's that curiosity. So that's my. But opinion. again, if you're going to sell that picture, people have to relate to it. Exactly. So, it's got to be something, you know, it can be just extremely beautiful, you know, like I love trees because they're relatable, you know, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful, you know, especially with the right light, you know, and um, in fact, you know, probably half of my pictures are trees, you know, and then stars, people can relate to stars, you know, mm-hmm. I don't do a lot. Well, for All right. So I, I went to Iceland back in 2015. Mm. Wonderful trip. Loved it. Never sold a single picture from the whole trip. Mm. None of my images that it took you know, on those three weeks as there have ever turned into a sale, not a single one. Interesting. The reason being is people can't relate to them. Right. You know, and they probably appreciate it. They probably go, oh, that's amazing. Right. But But they don't want it. They're not going to buy it. Yeah. Interesting. And so I know from a business standpoint, sometimes you got to look at that and say, I'd love to go there, but maybe, you know, it, maybe your creativity would be better spent in other places and, and better used in other places, you know, and, right. and Iceland since then has been overshot like crazy. And, and I came to the conclusion too, most of the people who go to Iceland are other photographers and they're not going to buy my work, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it becomes a place of beauty and, and it's lovely and it's a great trip and I had fun there, but you know, as far as financially, it did nothing. Yes. You know, so you have to be aware of that, you know, yes. too, when you plan trips and go places, you right. know, you create things that people can relate to. Yes. And at the same time, Bodhi, 99.99999, almost to infinity of people that go places and take photographs, never of beautiful places, never sell one. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about is that this is your business. It's your art. It's your passion. 
And it's also a business for you. A life. And, it's a love. It's actually more of a life and a love. You know, sometimes my, my photography equated to being, you know, the real woman in my life. I don't really have a girlfriend or a woman or anybody. It's like, that is my, you know, love, you know? Yes. But and, you got to keep your love happy by um, bringing some money in so that you well, can. Yeah, so I can travel and I can go places and keep it going. Yeah, I get it. So I'm wondering, do you have a favorite scenic nature photographer that inspired, conspired, <laughs> inspired you uh, at some point? I don't follow any of them. I don't mm -hmm. look at other photographers work. I'll glance at stuff online, you know, mm -hmm. and, and social media. I don't want to get an idea mm -hmm. of something that will ruin maybe one of my visions, because then am I taking a picture because I'm trying mm -hmm. to make it not look like theirs? Or am I taking a picture because I like the way theirs look? You know, I don't even want to deal with that in my mind. Okay. Um, those kind of weird obsessions. So I try not to look at other people's work. Um, I don't critique other people's work. Like if somebody will say, hey, mm -hmm. you know, I got this picture. Can you, you know, can you give me suggestions on so that? So like even early on, you know? on in your photography passion at the start, there weren't, there weren't photographers that you thought, oh my gosh, you know, I'd love mm -hmm. to go beautiful places and take gorgeous pictures. This this all came from you. Well, when I started out, there wasn't really anybody traveling to beautiful places and, and taking pictures. You know, you had your, you know, your, your travel photographers, you people take pictures of resorts and stuff, but nobody. Ansel doing Adams. Kind of like what I do, I guess you could say. There's a lot of them that do it now. Ansel Adams is different. Um, I'm not a big Ansel Adams fan. I'm ironically, my first professional sale of a photo was a black and mm -hmm. white, and I don't do very many black and whites. And, and they're not my favorites. And I love color. And if you look at my artwork, you'll see I slap you in the face mm -hmm. with color, you know, because that's me. I have occasional black and whites yeah. and I do that, but they're, they're not, they're not my joy. So, I mean, if there was a photographer that I really admired, um, it was after the fact, after I was taking pictures and stuff, that would be Gal Galen Rowell, um, out of Bishop very much and very, you know, with his wife, very disappointing the whole thing. And it was disappointing Aww. too. They took his gallery out yeah. from Bishop. And that just broke my heart seeing them turn it into something yeah. else and it's gone. Well, not it's by like, you and I. Almost like he's he, forgotten I, about his rock climbing. That. He was an avid rock climber. So, right. Yeah. That's his photography. He would do, you know, adventure stuff and take pictures of places that people normally wouldn't go. And, and he created, you know, basically the 35 millimeter um, format that we use. He right. created that and pushed that, you know, you know, away from what Ansel Adams was using. Yes. And, and that's just, that's genius, you know, and, and nobody gives them credit. You know, I mean, right. people do, don't get me wrong, but most people don't realize it. You know, the camera they have in their hand, you know, has in the, and the filters, you know, like that they're using, you know, the, the neutral density filters and mm -hmm. um, the graduated filters, the GNDs that they're using, you know, came from Galen Rowell, you know, and people no. just don't realize that. So I guess, if you, you know, I, but I don't, I'm not influenced by yes. his work. I'm influenced by his personality and I, I love the man who he was. And, um, you know, I have regrets. I never was never able to carry on a conversation with him. I met him, but I never, mm. hello, what's up kind of thing. I never got to talk to him, you know, and I wasn't a photographer mm. at the time, so I yeah. had nothing to share. You know, I was yeah, a, I was know, photographer at the time and <laughs> so. any gift shop you'd go no. to, there'd be like all these stupid postcards or greeting cards and then it'd be something that took your breath away. Oh, I wonder who did that on the back. Galen Ralph, Galen Ralph, Galen Ralph. Now my influences are painters, not photographers. Like and who? that's what I have in my head. I have these paintings mm -hmm. in my head by Claude Monet is a big one. Um, in fact, if you look at me, I, I call my stuff impressions. I don't call them photographs a lot of times. Um, if anybody follows me on social media, they'll see that I call mm -hmm. my stuff impressions. 
you know, this is my new impression today, you know, and I, I do that because of impressionist painting, mm -hmm. you know, my photos are impressions, you know, they're, they're like a painting to me. And mm -hmm. um, that's, he's a big influence. So is Vincent Van Gogh, um, more, he's more expressionist, but his use of colors, yes. his landscapes and his love of nature and the stars, he loves stars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of my connection with stars, a lot of that goes through Vincent Van Gogh. And like, I'm a photographer mm -hmm. that is more like, trained in the world of painting it's it's really weird to say that you know and some photographers are offended somebody's like your picture looks right. like a painting you know and they'll be offended i'm not i i take that as a huge compliment so yeah so then, um and then the other one um mm -hmm. vincent man or um <laughs> uh salvador dolly for his dreamy stuff so have you been to his museum and his house oh yeah okay so someday i hope you go to spain and first go to his museum because it is the most weird fascinating place like the, there's this big wall that's like kind of caramel colored and there's these little things <laughs> on the wall and when you get closer no bread loaves of bread eggs. the eggs are on the top and so then you see all this stuff okay. and then you go to his house and this little fishing village and all this stuff in his house is in his paintings and you realize he was painting from things he wasn't like yeah. thinking of a pitchfork he had these hay forks and he had these painful what was around big eggs and he had all kinds of kooky things so yeah it was a very impactful yeah he, you know that's that's what you know i think the best artists do that they use what's around them you know i mm -hmm. you know my best photos are obviously yeah. things that i can keep repeating and going back to and stuff you know in the area um, yeah. but uh, going back to uh, the artist um big one i didn't get to mention is albert bierstadt who is um, a romantic impressionist style? painter from the 1850s. A lot of people don't know much about him. Bierstadt, B-I-E-R-S-T-A-D-T. Bierstadt and Albert, Albert's first name. And his stuff, you look at his stuff, you'll see a huge influence on my work. Mm. You know, he painted things in the Eastern Sierra and California. And his oh, use of colors are And he did a lot of fog yeah. scenes. I love fog. Like you said, one of your favorite landscapes is the, you know, the layer of fog on the water. I love fog. I love that, you know, that. that. They, they had an incredible exhibit at our local uh, museum in Balboa Park of his work. Uh, yeah. And, oh my gosh. Oh, beer stuff? Yeah. So for me as a oh. portrait photographer, um, John Singer Sargent and, uh, okay, Renoir, I, the, the quality of of light and Noir. skin tones yes it's a skin tones. There too. it's the i love natural light and and a and Degas again are two other with with renoir yes. in there and very wonderful impressions so the, the moral of the story is get yourself to museums because there's nothing like seeing them in person but if you can't yes. um like there's an amazing well there's lots of amazing videos you can find on YouTube from artists and uh, Cartier, Henri Cartier-Bresson, my personal work, when I first started, I didn't know anything about him. But when I saw his work, I realized, oh, I like, we share a, an eye. Um, and there's an amazing, amazing um, movie 
fairly recently, the last 10, 12 years or so. So get yourself out there and expose yourself to art beyond photography, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There, there's a great Van Gogh movie that they did where they, mm -hmm. um, the whole movie's based on his works. It's kind of like an animation of his works. And the mm -hmm. whole thing is um, animated, like with his swirl, you know, style. And um, I have the movie up in another room in the house. I, I can't think of the name. Oh, of the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, was yeah. that good. Loving Vincent. Sorry, it's called Loving Vincent. And that that is just, that's where mm -hmm. seeing from the artistic end. And mm -hmm. see, I, I remember all these pieces of artwork and I try and take pictures of them. Like, for instance, Impressionist Sunrise, which gave the name to, you know, Impressionist um, painting is, you know, this the sun's rising up, you know, in a foggy, um, you know, extremely foggy port, you know, um, with ships and masts, mm -hmm. you know, you can barely see them and you see the sun red through it and it's all gray. I've been wanting to take that photo for years and I just, I, I have the spot, I have everything picked out. I'm just waiting for the conditions to happen. Yeah. It's right here in San Diego. You know, it's like, I literally am ready to do that, you know, and I, yeah. I have those things in my head, you know, where a lot of you were asking, going back earlier about my mm. previsions, a lot of times my previsions are somebody's painting I'll connect to when I drive by a scene and I'll go, that reminds me of the mm -hmm. painting. Oh, wow. You know, and so then I'll start you know, visualizing I, gosh, a photo out of it. We could just keep chatting for hours, so. it sounds like. Um, yeah, we're almost out of time and I have two questions for you, but. Um, Can I go back and answer a couple things from before that I didn't answer? Go ahead. Okay, I can okay. just, what well, I was just gonna say about, you know, promoting things and, and I can give kind of a list, you mm. know, but like, you know, never display an image. It's not your best work. You know, as a photographer, you shouldn't show anything lesser, you know, just to get your name out there, you know, right. and then you should have a quality website with a limited number of images, only your best work. You know, sometimes less is better, you know, um, show the quality, you know, and then and get rid of old ones, you know, <laughs> keep your current things, you know, there, or unless the old ones are your best stuff, you know, and hopefully they're not, hopefully you keep improving, you know. Um, and, and give your mm -hmm. photos creative and meaningful names. That's a big thing. You know, I find like a lot of my clients love I my agree names. They have meanings that are like, and it makes them connected even better to the mm -hmm. picture. You know, I write the names on my blog. I give the meaning to them and everything, you know, and again, remember to people seldom are going to spend large sums of money on artwork from a website. I do well off of my website, but not the big stuff, you know, especially not the frame stuff, you know, they like to see those in person. So you got to go to shows you know, go to those art shows, you know, go to those, those fairs, you know, those street shows, you know, you know, it's, it's hard work, you know, put up the tent, show your work, struggle for the weekend, get your name out there, do that, you know, and, and you can also, you know, do things, you can publish a book, you know, you can do blurb publishing, publish your own book or a calendar, you know, and just get right. it out there, you know, as much and get only with your quality work in it. And, and that helps, you know, and um, those are things that you can do, you know, to really, you know, push your work. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what, super so, important though, it's copy your best work. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and, and you need to create stuff that people can relate to, you know, that they can, you know, understand that and make a connection to it. You know, I've actually had people that bought some of my photos because they could relate to the photo that inspired me behind it. They're mm. like, oh yes. You know, it's like, I, I can see Salvador Dali in your picture. You know, and I love his work and like they're buying my picture right. because right. I love they're that. kind of connection to Salvador Dali. And then, and then the bottom line, never, ever, 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 I don't know if I said ever enough, but don't ever take a picture just to make money. Don't ever do that. Don't have a money shot. Don't 
go in with your mm. your goal. If your goal is to make money on a picture, you're not gonna you're not gonna do it. You're gonna fail. You have to love it and enjoy it, and and money should be outside of that. You know, live the moment you're capturing with your camera. Mm-hmm. That will translate into something special. If you're trying to just take a picture that you're gonna right. sell for money, I think everything has it, energy. And what I love it. about when somebody has a photograph that that I've created that my energy is in there the energy of that moment is in there and then they put their own complete history and energy into it so what it means to them how it impacts them is all their own so it's like we've got this creative process together that that goes on to infinity and beyond as uh, what's his name captain somebody on uh, toy story would say <laughs> but yes i love that bodhi it's so fun talking to you well ansel adams kind of said that you know I, I don't know the direct quote on that but you know he's like every picture you take isn't just mm-hmm. the moment it's it's who you are it's all the books you've read it's all your experiences mm-hmm. it's your life it's your family it's your loves everything's in that one photo and and Ansel Adams is a famous quote on that. I yet I wish I could yeah, you know quote yeah, yeah. it directly. Yeah. That's pretty pretty close actually, um, yeah. you know. And, and again, going back to what I what I was saying to um, you, got to be original, you know, and don't copy other photographers. Look, maybe if somebody's photo inspires you, don't go to the no. same location and take the same picture yeah. of them. It's not flattery, in my opinion. Some people say that it is. It's mm-hmm. not. And and you're kidding, you're copying, you're doing a cover or something. Be original. Right. You know, promote your own originality. People are gonna see that and they're gonna buy that, you know, and, and never compare your stuff. Don't compare yourself like, oh my God, his stuff's better than mine. No. Be confident with your own work, you know. Don't compare your work, you know. That all comes through when you're trying to sell your work, you know. Um, it's you know, mm-hmm. it, it's so competitive out there. Don't compare yourself to, to your competitors, you know, mm-hmm. be you you know, and, and be confident in what you have and enjoy what you have. You know, people are honestly, maybe somebody else has better quality work, but they're going to buy right. your work because or they like you up. or they pick up on that energy or it captured yep. some, something yep. that, um, you know, they're longing to feel on a regular basis. So before I ask you my last two questions, Bodhi, I want to remind my listeners to stay tuned for the uh, wrap up and remind you that if any organization that you're part of, or even if you want to get a group of friends together and have me speak on profitability, on the business of photography, or even children's photography, um, just let me know. And also reminder, Bodhi is an amazing teacher. I've been in a class with him. And so if what you've listened to inspires and excites you in this topic, he is good to go as well. Um, So my first question is, if people want to get in touch to see your work, talk to you about adventures, have you speak to their group, where would you suggest they contact you? Uh, you can go through the website or you can call my number, uh, the phone number, um, that my business number, uh, 619-318-9599. And what's your website? And they can, and they can text 
to that number too. They can call, leave messages, whatever. Skywriting. Um, <laughs> if they want, sure. You know, um, bodhismith.com, B-O-D-H-I-S-M-I-T-H.com. I love it. Okay. So, that, so the second question was, is there anything that you haven't shared that you want to make sure that we take away? And then you just rattled off all the amazing things. I do things. have one more one thing, thing too. Okay. Just, just like, um, I, I came to this conclusion, like why people buy a picture, you know, like from all my years. Mm-hmm. And I came up with like four categories, you know, like first off, they'll buy it because it's stunning and beautiful, but that's maybe one time out of 10, mm-hmm. you know, or they, they have this strong personal emotional attachment to it, you know, the emotional place. And I, that's about 30%, you know, about three out of 10, you know, and then they, it's something that's local, familiar, close by, you know, that's, you know, a big thing too. That's another, you know, say three out of 10. So the last one that people don't think about, you know, as the why people, you know, buy a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is strange. And again, it's about three out of 10, I found out, you know, um, is it matches the decor in their home. Oh. They're decorating and the image, you know, so it's good to always have like a nice range of colors, you know. Um, and that's, it's strange to say that, but I've run into that a lot where they love the picture, but it doesn't match. Right you know, and you get that a lot. And then pictures that sell to the best for me, landscape wise are colorful images, mm-hmm. um, local images to wherever I'm at, wherever I'm presenting, wherever I am. If I'm doing a show in Florida, Florida picture sell. If I'm doing a show in San Diego, San Diego picture sell. If I do a show in San Francisco, you know, you get the idea. Sure. You know, San Francisco picture sell. And then people like water, pictures with water. Mm. So, so if I can put water and trees together, it, it usually sells great because waters and trees you know and um those are just some of the things i've noticed just mm-hmm. like something i didn't get to say you know but it's the things that people buy i never until i got in as selling stuff would ever have thought that you know it was a matching thing you know they love the picture but they won't buy it because it doesn't match the decor of the room they want right pressing a little bit but it's it's strange you know but yeah well so i think that like in my case i might love something and it doesn't match, so I don't buy it, but it isn't because I, I, like, I'm not trying to find a portrait to go on that space. It's just that I'm thinking if I purchase this, where would I display it? And, right. and if it always, like, I don't care for orange in decor, but there might be an image that has a lot of orange. Now, of course, I love sunsets, so it's different. Who doesn't? Yeah, but there's yellow and red but and everything things, else blending in with orange. Yeah, so it would need to blend in my decor, but it still would be primarily something where I loved the photograph. But yes. yes. Or again, you know, you have that emotional connection to it, you know. Right. Again. I um I purchased a really high-end print of um a Steichen image and when I first saw it I burst into tears and it was Isadora Duncan and the the mother of modern dance and a big she's at a some gate in Greece or some other ancient you know Greek Roman uh place and yes I did modern dance in high school and college and 
And I also, for some reason, love photographs of women with their arms open wide. And she had on a kimono and her arms open wide. And it, it just resonated in a way that then I had to buy that. So yes, all kinds of reasons people purchase art. So, hey, Bodie, it's time for dinner. I hope you have good plans for the uh -huh. weekend. This is a Friday night for us. And um, it's just been really fun to talk to you. I'll be out there taking pictures somewhere. And I do, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm almost, I try and get out every day and take a picture every day. Good for you. Um, well, you know, just document to my life, my, yeah. you know, most of them, nobody's ever going to see but me. And um, that's the way most of my photography, I just enjoy it. I yeah. go out there and again, it's, it may be the real love of my life. So. It is, it sounds like. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Bodhi. I know people are going to absolutely love everything you have to share. And um, I really appreciate you saying yes to being on my show. Thank you again. I'm honored. And if you ever want me to come back again, just let me know. Okay. I will keep that in mind. Especially, um, we can see like, you know, I, I hope your prediction comes true in two years that, you know, I look back at this and go, man, you know, COVID was yes. a blessing. So when I'm coaching Bodhi, and I know you're, I'm not your coach, but I frequently have people stop saying the word hope and say, uh, like, cause uh, hope is, they're stronger words. So I visualize, I predict, I see it. I'm going to embrace that something. So anyway, let, let's align with that thought, Bodhi. <laughs> embrace is a good word. Embrace it. That things, I will embrace your vision. Yes. You know, and, I, and I've been at this full time for 39 years and every major setback, uh, and I've experienced five or six, what happened afterwards was like better times than before. So that's what I'm knowing. And uh, I'm picturing that for you and for everybody listening too. So never give up. Never give you know. up. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you later, buddy. I am super happy that I got to have that conversation with Bodie Smith. And he's somebody a little different because he's in the world of scenic nature, travel photography, and he is making good money at it you know when he said he lost a hundred thousand dollars last year that means he normally earned a hundred thousand dollars and more doing his beautiful photographs of the beautiful world and um you know often uh we'll be like hey we could keep talking on and on well Bodhi and I talked for another I don't know hour after about this and that so Maybe I'll have to get him on again. Let me know uh, what you found valuable about this conversation. Um, I want to see if I can wrap this up at all. So we talked about how images, photographs, prints bring personal reactions that when we're creating art, we're capturing a moment we've experienced and our energy goes into that and then the energy of the viewer. And that, that's the beauty of creating art is we get to do it for our own, I don't know, joy moments. And then when we share it, when we do the work of getting it out in the world, then other people get to 
enjoy as well. Um, so that's one takeaway. He also said, you know, great photographers don't take amazing photographs every time they go out. But like for him, he does something every single day. We talked about how he sells his work. And the first thing he said is that we have to build a name for ourselves. And that is the hardest part. He said it takes a lot of patience. He does a lot of art shows, street fairs, wineries. He's active in social media. His business cards are have a wow factor to it. Um, you know, he works at selling his work galleries, restaurants, and so forth. And then when I asked him about his favorite photographers, he shared that he actually is more inspired by painters. Monet, um, Van Gogh, uh, Salvador Dali, and um, let's see. And then he had some hot things he wanted to make sure that we um, are aware of. So one of the things he said is, Give your work creative names that evoke what, what you feel or evoke something in the viewer. Be sure to have a quality website. So these are tips, particularly for the fine art photographer, but of course we can use that in portrait work too. Uh, he said, you can publish a book with your work. You can publish a calendar. You can make things and share them. Create things that people relate to. Um, and he said, bottom line, never take a picture just to make money. You need to love it and enjoy it. If it's a copy, if it's just for money, people will somehow recognize that. And then his last word is about why people buy pictures. And he said, one, beauty, two, emotional attachment to a place, three, something familiar, and then four, People buy things if it goes in their home or their decor. Um, and then just two little tips, people like water. So a lot of his best-selling work has water in it. So thank you again for listening and for telling your friends about this show so that more people around the world can um, get to hear conversations with amazing photographers like Bodie Smith and... Um, that's all until next time. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.